I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Good evening, my <laughs> friends and fellow compatriots. That doesn't sound right. Comrades. Welcome to Spooky Time Presents. Friendos. How much have you lost on a quarter toss? <laughs> Jagoff? Good uh, lord. Who are, who are you introducing us? <gasps> who am I? Who are you? Who, who am I? I'm glad you asked. My name is Cammy, and a naked American man stole my balloons. <laughs> Kinky. Uh, that was hilarious. Who are you guys? Uh, I am an American wear Kyle in London. Oh, tried and true. <laughs> That's adorable. Gotta go back to the basics. Uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And what about and you, young three lad? There. Oh, me? It's me, your ya boy, J Dog, or for this episode, J Wolf. Ah. Oh. Boy yoing. Boy yoing. Or whatever. Bong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go with that. For today, yes. Um, today we are talking all things American Werewolf in London. John Landis's 1981 best movie he's made, Don't At Me. This is the story of two young American students traveling through England on a night of the full moon. Did you hear that? I heard that. What was it? Could be a lot of things. Fate let one live. A lunatic must have been a very fierce fellow. Wasn't a lunatic. What? A wolf. Oh, be serious, would you? And now everything is changing. <laughs> changing. <laughs> changing. Good Lord. John Landis, the brilliant young director of Animal House and the Blues Brothers, has turned a classic tale of terror into something new. Something different. <laughs> An American werewolf in London. I think significantly less people died on the making of this film. You're right. Significantly less. Uh, so that's good. Um, yeah, it was written and directed by John Landis. Um, and all the special effects, if you know this movie at all, you know that they were done by Rick Baker, who is the reigning king of special effects makeup in horror or elsewhere, besides maybe Tom Savini. Um, this movie won the very first um, Best Makeup Oscar. The award didn't exist before uh, the year that this movie came out. Um so yeah, Rick Baker won uh, best makeup for this movie, 
uh, and he went on to win six other Oscars throughout his career until he, uh, <laughs> he did not die. He retired. I was going to say he died. He retired, um, in 2015. Um, what's funny is that he won the Oscar for this, which was his first one. And the last Oscar he won was for the Wolfman in 2010. Oh, so I thought that was kind of funny. Oh my god! I First and he was last, part of the what? That's full circle, like the moon. Full circle, yes, like the moon. Indeed. Ah, <laughs> uh, <is> it, <laughs> I've also heard. Do that you guys know I don't believe in the moon. You don't believe in the moon. I think it's just the back of the sun. <laughs> it's the bald the spot. The sun's butt. <laughs> oh my god! The sun's slutty sister, who's covered in the white oh. stuff. <laughs> Uh, no. I heard, I heard that there is a uh, that after Philip Baker retired, they um, Rick Baker. <laughs> what did I say? Philip. Philip. <laughs> oh, I was thinking of Philip Baker Hall. I just watched Magnolia. Oh, uh, I see. Oh boy. Um, I heard that right after Rick Baker retired, that there was a an award that was uh, brought up in his honor. For everyone who can make great special effects, they call it the Faker Baker Award. <laughs> they <laughs> Those do, Jared. cheeky bastards. As a matter of fact, they do. Such um, recipients are John Landis Jr. and Cher. <laughs> you mean Max Landis? <laughs> Boo. Yeah, he stinks. Literally. I smelled him. Yeah. I can smell him from here. I was there when Jarrett smelled him, and I, I understood by proxy. You were there, but you didn't smell him? No. I was too far away. I was social uh, distancing. Good for you. Social distance. All right. So, what do you guys think of this movie? Had you seen it before it was required to watch it for the podcast? Oh, that's a Kyle question. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen it. I did see it once before. Okay. Now did I did it hold up? It better than I thought it would. Um, I didn't realize it was supposed to be horror comedy. That's what Wikipedia it, says about it. Yeah. And I just didn't get that at all. It was it's been it's weird because it's classified as a horror comedy a lot of the time, but like John Landis has said before, he's like, "No, this is a horror movie. There are elements of humor in it." It it can be really funny, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't feel like it's quite humorous enough to be regarded as a horror comedy. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, like it's it's like no Evil Death Dead. Deathgasm is a horror comedy. Yeah, <laughs> even Evil Dead Two, I feel like is like not quite there because it's like silly, but it's not. I don't, I don't know. It's still really disturbing. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like. I don't know. I can't think of any other movies off the top of my head that are oh. like, I like Tucker, Tucker and Dale, and Dale versus, versus Evil. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, maybe Cabin in the Woods. Um, yeah, is that's pretty it funny. Um, yeah, it's more like Lovecraftian, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I digress. We're not talking about the Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, so so movie starts out, we've got David and Jack, BFFs, wearing jackets in a 
sheep truck. Um, oh, which, that must be gold. Yeah, I didn't really Not think with all about that wool. it. <laughs> I didn't really think about it, but like, okay, so we've got Jack and David um, who get dropped off out of a sheep truck. And they walk up, uh, you know, into the town to the pub called the Slaughtered Lamb. And I Uh-oh. didn't really put two and two together that, like, <laughs> it's sort of a sheep to the slaughter sort of metaphor. Um, because, I mean, if you've seen the movie, you know that Jack and David both die at the end. Um, I thought that... So the fact that they're kind of sheep at the beginning... It's like right in front of our faces and we don't even realize it, you know? It's like we're playing what's that game where you have your fingers opened and they're flat you're flat palming the ground and you take a knife between each finger? Uh Jenga. Yes. It's like you're Jenga-ing, <laughs> but with only your pe- penis. And that's like it's like so it's what? it's right there in front of you, but you just can't get it. Like you know what I mean? I don't have a penis, so I can't relate. Kyle, do you know what he's talking about? Oh, I do, but I really am upset that I do. I thought that this was... Well, when I saw the name of the... When I saw them in the back of the sheep truck, and then I saw the name of the bar, I was like, oh, they're in a lambing town. And then I was like... Or it's like they're the the, the fur coat making lambing? populate a lambing town. <laughs> ah! Oh. Like, that's where, that's where that Sherry It's called Terry, Lamington. What's that we lady... Known. What's that lady who had the South puppet Lamington. named uh, Lamb Chop and shit like that? Uh, Sh- Sherry. I think it was named Lanchop. Bobbins. Sherry. Something. Damn it. Sherry. Not... Well, name's Sherry. I-, I think that's where Lambchop was from, and then he eventually resided <laughs> in his older years. Um, but you know, it is what it is. But yeah, nice subtext. Yeah. Or foreshadowing. Anyway. Excuse me. Yes, foreshadowing. The dead American pub. Um, In this movie does a really, really good job of kind of modernizing that gothic horror vibe, mm-hmm. I think, because it's so yeah. it's so foggy and, <laughs> and a lot of the time just like really dark. Um, it feels like an amped up better version of like the Wolfman. If you've seen the original Wolfman, it's all very like trees and fog and darkness and you know which is i think setting this movie in england was a really good idea and i think john landis did it on purpose because england is very like you know jack the ripper jekyll and hyde like things happen in the dark in the fog in london you know like sweeney todd type shit cobblestones (laughs) it's yeah so uh jumpers this movie, fe- it feels spooky, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like without the humor yeah. in this movie, it would have been just too dreary to be entertaining, you know? Well, that's the kind of guy John Landis is. He's he's all about the drear. I mean, I guess. But, like, before that, he had never directed a horror movie before. He did... The two movies that he did before this were Animal House and The Blues Brothers. Man, fuck that guy though. I just it's 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 hard to talk. It's like I like this movie and I like Blues Brothers. And after rewatching Animal House, like within the last like year and a half, like I saw like a live, uh, uh, a live like thirty five millimeter showing of it, and I was just like, man, this movie is 
has got some problems, but uh, I do. I really don't like Animal House. No. I'm not a fan. Yeah, um, it's it's too. It's that's like bro culture. The it's like John Landis is a bro, and uh, I don't really want anything to do with him, especially for like what he's gonna do later in life. But you know, it's yeah. Ugh. Uh, it's that whole separating the art from the artiste and, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's like, you know, the John Landis, think of John Landis as a dog and the art is his shit and he's got some dinkleberries and it just, you can't, Gross. you literally can't separate it. You need a comb, you need to comb them out. You need to do something. You need to get a little tweeze. You need to do a little something or burn them right off. I don't know. I don't, my, thank God my dog doesn't have dinkleberries. Um, yeah. <laughs> all in all. <laughs> I followed that quite well. All in all, this movie didn't have enough cobblestone. It didn't have enough jumpers and not enough bread pudding. <laughs> I do oh, like no. bread pudding. That really would hit the spot. Or figgy pudding. They love that around Christmas. Figgy pudding. That is a seasonal dessert. You can't just have it. That's why I give this movie one out of two werewolves. <laughs> I'm just joking. Is that is that our new um our new rating system for the movies yes. that we that we talk about? But it's uh, all is it always werewolves? I give this vampire movie zero out of five werewolves, and here's yeah. why. <laughs> zero werewolves. There was none in the movie. I'll give it one werewolf and one wolf man, just so you know where I'm coming from. I will give it a werewolf. <laughs> And one gnome. Oh, that's harsh. Yeah, that's a pretty bad score. I wouldn't want a gnome wolf. Yeah. A gnome wolf? They, how come they haven't made that movie? Kyle, that sounds like something right up your alley. Gnome wolf? Let me get the people who did like that Gnomeo and Juliet thing, <laughs> and I'll make them do it with a wolf. <laughs> yeah, because they're not fired. They, they all still have jobs in Hollywood. <laughs> they have a sequel, so. Yikes. I love where the whole pitch for that movie was just that the name is a pun, and that I'm sure the board just jumped on it. Kids yeah, love puns. And Mary Lou Retton. Let's get her in this. What happens at the Slaughtered Lamb? I bet so, it goes uh, well. They're accepted. Totally accepted right away. It's like, okay, um, have you ever walked into Matt's Tavern, downtown city we live in? Ugh. Yeah. Sounds uh, about right. The way that people look at you in that bar is how they look at Jack and David when they walk into this pub. It's like if if you've ever walked into a bar where like it's a hole in the wall and they have regulars and they don't like new people. All these English people are like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" Nice looking group. Hey, listen, at least it's warm in here. Look at that. Yeah, what about it? It's a five-pointed star. Well, maybe the owners are from Texas. <laughs> you know, everyone's felt that way sometime. Hey, if you're not doing blow in the bathroom, get the fuck out. <laughs> um, I did really like the atmosphere of the, of the tavern. It yes. was creepy, but also realistic. Like, totally. There was that moment of silence, and then they all start kind of chumming around. You know, they're all laughing at the Americans, mm -hmm. and then silence again when they ask about the wolf or yeah. the star. Yeah, just made of wolves. this town harbors a dark secret. That uh, that joke that the the guy tells is that's that's a famous one in our house. I think I've heard my dad tell that joke like fifty times. All right then, there was this airplane over the Atlantic on its way to New York, and it was full of men from the United Nations. Oh, <laughs> go on, ask him. You ask him. 
So halfway over the ocean, the engines run low on petrol. So they have to lighten the plane. So they heave out all the baggage, but it's still too heavy. So they chuck out all the seats, but it's still too heavy. Finally, this froggy steps up, shouts, Vive la France, and leaps out. Then an Englishman. Yeah. He steps up, shouts, God save the Queen, and he leaps out. But the plane is still too heavy. So the Yank delegate from Texas, he steps up, shouts, Remember the Alamo, and jokes out the Mexican. <laughs> they ask, you know, about the pentagram on the wall, the candles, whatever, and they basically just, like, kick them out. And there's the one guy in particular in the bar who just, like, is okay with them going. Everybody else is like, eh. Well, which guy? The dark guy or the chess guy? Chess guy. Um, yeah, he's the one who's like, I didn't hear anything. What? What's a werewolf? I don't know. No one brought them here. No one wanted them here. You could have told them. Are you daft? And what do you think they'd say? They'd think it's mad. Listen. We must go to them. I heard nothing. Did you hear that? I heard that. I did also like the the the, the uh, kind of group descent kind of thing where it's like they're not okay with this murder quite yet. Yeah. And they're debating it, but also not. And it. Uh-huh. I did like that. They're not they're not an evil townspeople like in other stuff. They are actual people who are making a very bad choice. Exactly. So I'm wondering, like, like how long has this been going on in their town? Are they friends with the guy who is the werewolf who eventually um, attacks David and Jack on the moors? Like, wh- We got an arrangement. What's their relationship with the werewolf? Because you'd think that they would have killed it by now. Especially given how easy it is to kill it. Exactly. So, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we've got, we, we see Jack, Jack and David leave. They're, they're, they veer off the path, which is what they were warned to not do. Um, and they are subsequently brutally attacked. You think it's a dog? Oh, shit. What is it? Yeah. It's a sheepdog or something. Come on, turn slowly. Let's walk away. Nice doggy. Good boy. Come on, Jack. Walk away. Walking away. Yes, here we are, walking away. Can you see anything? No. Sounds far away. Not far enough. Come on. Jack. What? Where are we going? I don't know. I'll tell you when we get there. Okay, because... Oh! <laughs> you really scared me, you shithead. You couldn't help me up for what? Bye. A wolf of some type. We find out later it's a werewolf, and we assume it's a werewolf because the movie is called An American Werewolf in London. Um, we only... <laughs> I don't think we, we see the werewolf's face quite yet, and if we do, it's only for a split second. We only get, like, a real huge amount of, of, of werewolf visibility in this movie for one minute, I think. Damn. Like sixty seconds. Feels like, feels like we, less. It it yeah. We we all together we see the werewolf whether it's 
running, whether it's like coming at the camera, whether it's attacking someone, one minute. Um, and it should, it, it, I guess John Landis says that he showed the werewolf too much in the movie, but he was just so... I disagree with that. He was so in love with Rick Baker's um, design for uh, the werewolves, uh, namely, you know, David, uh, that he showed it more than um, he thinks that he should have. Uh, but, yeah, so we we see them get attacked. Jack gets attacked. Um, and subsequently dies. We find out later whenever, uh, David is, is in the hospital. Jack's dead. Hi, I'm Mr. Collins of the American Embassy here in Grosvenor Square. Both Mr. Goodman's parents and your parents have been notified of your injuries and everything's in order. Who are you people? What's going on here? Where's Jack? You get your hands off me. Let go of me. I want to see Jack. I want to see Jack. Mr. Kessler. I I appreciate how upsetting this must be for you. Please, Mr. Kessler. Uh, 20 milligrams. Sagittal IV, please. I appreciate how how upset you are, but but this is is no reason for hysterics. Mr. Kessler? Mr. Kessler, try not to excite yourself. I shall come back and check on your progress and send a report to your parents. The police have requested to interview you. And I have given them permission to do so. Thank you very much. So we, David wakes up in the hospital, right, after being knocked out by the wolf. Um, we have a doctor, uh, Dr. Hirsch, who comes into the room to talk to him. Um, but not before, I want to rewind a little bit, um, because I thought that the exchange between Alex um, and the other nurse was kind of funny. Um, yeah. Where she, they, they were talking and they said that he was cute and then um, the nurse who wasn't Alex, whose name Ooh. I can't think of, is like, he's a Jew. And she's like, how do you know that? She's like, I, I checked. <laughs> um, and I found this small bag of gold around his neck. <laughs> no! Oh my! Kyle! Um, Shabbat shalom! Um, yeah, and it, it subsequently, there. I think there was supposed to be more David nudity in this movie, but because um, it turns out David Naughton, who plays uh, David, is um, not circumcised, so <laughs> they couldn't do any full frontal nudity of him because then that whole, like, making him a Jewish character would have been... Um, Incorrect. Inaccurate. Moot. Yeah. So, so yeah. Well, you're you're gonna tell me that Rick Baker, <laughs> master master of effects, couldn't just could not give him a foreskin. I just can't do it. It's not in my conscience. Not no, in my good no, he he wasn't standard. he wasn't circumcised, so he had foreskin already. Oh, they couldn't circumcise. So he needed him. five skin. <laughs> oh. Then it, honestly, they just meet, you just put a little cap on it, and it looks like, it's like it's wearing a hat. Brand new. It's like a real sized fourteen inch you know sleeve that they can put over his real dick to simulate oh God. a circumcised Jewish penis. Yes, fourteen inches. 
Could have a heating and cooling system to keep him cool when he needs it and hot when he needs it. A little radio to, you know, help him keep the rhythm. Wow. Yes. Oh, yeah. David, he wakes up. He talks to the doctor. The doctor's like, sorry, your friend's dead. Here's a guy from the American embassy to talk to you. And um, so the, the guy, Mr. Collins from the American embassy is Frank Oz. Who we all know as Yoda, Miss Piggy, oh. various other Muppets. Dead your friend is. I thought he was David Cross's father. I tell you, you can zing your arrow into my buttocks anytime. He does look remarkably like David Cross um, in this movie. I am completely undressed. Frank Oz is in this movie twice, technically, because he's in this uh, the scene in the hospital but then later on uh during the dream sequence whenever uh it's david's house and his family and those like werewolf nazi demon thingies come in and kill all of them the muppet show is playing on the tv oh that was fucking nuts right that caught me off guard right uh that that might be honestly that might that and like kind of towards the end like the final like the the full-on like when you're getting the full-on transformation that was probably my favorite part oh yeah all right already Um, so quick question. Yeah. So the, uh, what's up? the main doctor for, uh, David at one point he said like, Oh, I survived mm-hmm. Rommel. I can survive you. Um, implying he was in world war two. Did he mention that to David? Cause mm. as soon as he's done talking to David and telling him buck up, he has the dream about Nazi demons. That's a really good question. I didn't notice that. Um, I'm going to write a letter to uh, the director. I, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I think it's just, well, if, if John Landis can't answer the good people at Shudder and can't be bothered for comment about his film and role on the Twilight Zone movie, I don't think he's going to talk to a little nobody like you, Kyle Burns. Oh, I have ways of making them talk. Have you seen my fan dance? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have seen your penis hat. What? We agreed not to talk about that. You said it you have a penis hat. Ugh. I didn't want yes, to... Rick Baker made it. I didn't want to talk about it, but yes. <laughs> Rick Baker. He has a little he has a Mr. Peanut costume for it. Monocle yeah. and all. It looks so good. I'll send you guys pictures. About forty each. Sweet. Cool. Forty each. Every angle. <laughs> a little fashion show. We've talked about this on another episode before. I, I I'm making jokes I know I've made before. <laughs> Mr. Peanut? No, about you having pictures of my junk in various scenarios oh yeah that's true it's definitely come he up. told me his name was mr is like you know my friends call me mr peanut but my even better friends call me mr penis <laughs> i'm like ah Oof. he's like let's go to jeffrey epstein's house no oh, no Boy. i have limits topical uh what happens after the demons attack um so yeah we we just sort of get david in the hospital He's having these, like, crazy dreams. He's running naked through the forest. Nazi demon werewolves are killing his family, you know? And then oh, um, we have uh, another super fun makeup, which is the first time that Jack visits him after dying. 
David! What? Now, I'm really sorry to be upsetting you, but I have to warn you. Warn me? We were attacked by a werewolf. I'm not listening to this. On the moors, we were attacked by a lycanthrope, a werewolf. I was murdered, an unnatural death. And now I walk the earth in limbo until the werewolf's curse is lifted. Shut up. The wolf's bloodline must be severed. The last remaining werewolf must be destroyed. It's you, David. What? Please believe me. You'll kill people. Nurse! Listen to me! Nurse! The supernatural, <laughs> the power of darkness, it's all true. The undead surround me. Have you ever talked to a corpse? It's boring. I'm lonely. So good. Um, his, yeah, the makeup on Jack is so, 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 so good. Um, and it's gross. Okay, so I love, everybody loves this, the tiny little flap of skin that just, like, wiggles whenever Jack talks and, like, moves. Did you guys notice that? Yes. Oh, my yeah, God. Yep. So gross. So effective. It was an accident. Like, they didn't even mean to do that. But I feel like that made the entire makeup so much more realistic um, than it already was. Um, I guess Griffin Dunn, who plays Jack, he got, like, really... He was super uncomfortable with the makeup because he, first of all, it made him feel really claustrophobic because, like, that's a lot of makeup. And he was in that chair for, like, five hours every day getting that makeup applied. Um, But, yeah. And also, he was just so, like, weirded out by seeing himself look dead. And... (laughs) <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm like damn like maybe this wasn't the film for you to do in hindsight just because I don't think I've ever heard of anyone being that uncomfortable with seeing themselves in that type of makeup more than I heard him talk about it. Yeah, that's that's definitely a good point and I mean, you know what they say, hindsight is uh 6969, so They do uh, say that. You say that. It is, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> sloppy and wet but i mean at the same time it's like if it were me i'd be like oh wow i'm gonna look like this is this is what i'm gonna look like in 50 years cool (laughs) what do you think is gonna happen to you in 50 years that you're gonna look like that uh well you know i do have a slight passion for farm equipment i don't like to talk about a lot and uh i am a big fan of reenacting scenes from fargo so should i (laughs) meet my demise in some sort of chipper uh, off the old wood block. Uh, don't be surprised. Okay, noted. I'm gonna write that down. Write it down, please. I would appreciate that. Jarrett Chipper, fifty years. RSVP. <laughs> wood? Question mark. <laughs> uh, we've got Jack with David. Like, hey, you better kill yourself. And David's like, what? And Jack's like, no, yeah, you got to do it because otherwise you're going to turn into a monster and then you're going to kill a bunch of people. And David's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, would you believe your dead friend? I don't think I would. If one of you guys died and then came to me as a ghost and told me to kill myself, I wouldn't believe you. You're just messing with me. You just want a buddy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Like, I so, didn't believe you in life. I'm not going to believe you now. Yeah. First, you tell me to pull your finger. Then you tell me to shoot myself in the head. When's it going to stop? <laughs> so we've got um, David sort of falling for Alex, the nurse, um, as all of this is going on. He's having these crazy dreams. He's, you know, talking to Jack. And, uh, yeah, so eventually Alex is like, do you have any place to stay? And he's like, nope. And she's like, oh, well, you can stay with me in my modest flat. And he's like, okay. So he gets discharged from the hospital. He goes to Alex's place. Um, and they totally bang to, uh, moon dance. Does your cock have a place to stay? It could stay in my modest twat. Oh my god. Oh, I love Anywho, it. so um it should be noted that all of the songs in um the soundtrack of this movie have the word moon somewhere in the title. Um we hear blue moon three times and it's I'm pretty sure it's three different versions of blue moon. Um, we got moon oh, yeah. dance during their sex scene and then uh, bad moon rising whenever he's just like fucking around in Alex's apartment while she's at work. Oh, yeah. Um, he tried to get moon shadow by Cat Stevens. John Landis wanted wanted that song in the movie really bad, but it was I think it was like right after cat stevens had converted to islam and he was uncomfortable Yusuf with having, islam yeah he was uncomfortable with having uh his song in a movie that was about you know the occult or whatever but then john landis was like but like Moonshadow is kind of about like dismemberment a little bit like if you listen to the lyrics it's like if i ever lose my eyes if i ever lose my legs blah 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 you know he's like so it didn't really make sense mm-hmm. um a whole lot as to why he didn't let him use it in the movie but i think that regardless the soundtrack um is is really good you know there and there's not yeah. not a whole lot of score in this movie either there's like all together i think 7 minutes of um just like sort of background music and that's it. I heard a rumor that this song, or that this upcoming song, which I'm talking about right now, uh, was inspired by this film. Uh, Duran Duran <laughs> said that they were hungry like the wolf. Uh-huh. And I just did a little fact check. I just did a little fact checking, and it's a little odd that this film came out in 1981, and Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran came out in... 1982. I'm Casey Kasem, and this is the Top 40. Poor guy. What the fuck? Yeah, Casey. Uh, yeah, that's a little side tangent. Uh, if if you're if uh, if you don't want to know, but Casey Kasem went crazy, and uh, and uh, I think he ate somebody, but the media covered it up like a werewolf. Gracious. So it's topical. I think it's a little weird. The media covered it up like a werewolf? Huh? Well, yeah, he ate no, someone I, like a werewolf. He ate someone like a werewolf, and ah. he said, don't you know who I am? I'm fucking shaggy. And then he ate them. <laughs> ah. I thought you were saying a media werewolf is good at covering things up. No, 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 no. The weird, the, that, oh, that's, oh, that's a movie right there, Media Werewolf, where it's like a, a news anchor. Uh, it's like the town, like the city is on the brink of, of, of collapse and destruction. And only one news anchor can 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 halt it 
with his uh, werewolf powers. I trust a werewolf reporter more than I would trust a human reporter. You would trust a werewolf reporter more? Yes. They have my interests at heart. What if John Landis was a werewolf? Would you trust him? Well, he's not a reporter, is he? That's a whole different thing. A werewolf movie producer and director? Uh, No, thank you. Oh, yeah, for real. Yeah, I bet he's circumcised. (laughs) So if David is Jewish, do you think he had a werewolf bar mitzvah? (gasps) Spooky, scary! (laughs) I've been looking for a place to say that. We were talking about music, and I I was waiting for my chance, and I missed it. Uh, now I don't know what we should go out with. If we should go out with Werewolf Bar Mitzvah or Hungry Like the Wolf. Um, well, I mean, I think it's... I understand that they wanted the entire soundtrack to be songs that have the word moon in the title. But the fact that the song Werewolves of London by Warren Zevon like, wasn't in the movie at all uh, oh, yeah, is a little a, weird a to me. oversight. It's... It's... Strange. That's that's the classic John Landis cutting corners. He doesn't. He's 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 a fucking cuck. He's. A, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going off here. He's a John Landis. Uh, yes, cuckadoodle do. He's a he's a he's a jag bag. He yes he's he's made a couple good ones. Uh, uh Blues Brothers. I mean like eh okay. Um I enjoy um uh Dan Aykroyd, mm-hmm. but you know what? It's 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 ugh. I'm just I I'm a, holding a lot of resentment. And if you want to hear me talk about John Landis in depth about how much I hate him, patreoncom podcast. Oh, oh nuts! But that's all. We'll save that for the end. Yes. Um. Yeah. yeah I uh, I was just about to say something and I can't remember what it was. Oh, but I'm that's, sorry. That's okay. my fault. No, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. My brain is broken. Oh, oh, guys! I don't have COVID. Isn't that great? Side tangent real quick. Uh, my mom got tested yesterday because she thought she might have it. Um, and we Uh-oh. just got our we just got our results um, like an hour ago. And it turns out she was negative. So, yay. Uh, so you're positive she's negative. I'm positive she's negative. Or are you negative that she's positive? Boy, if you're positive oh, no. and she's negative, then that means she's going to become positive. Oh, no. You're going to infect when your the family. the moon is full... <laughs> and the water flows upstream. COVID monsters will take the street. Just I was trying to do thriller, but that didn't really make sense. Um, John Landis directed the thriller music video. Fuck that guy! <laughs> God damn. Um, well, we got to do Werewolf Bar Mitzvah then for the, for the end of this. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, John Landis, um, well, Michael Jackson loved this movie and, like, the special effects in it so much that he was like, hey, I want you to direct Thriller. And uh, so Rick Baker also did the uh, makeup effects for um, for Thriller as well. Ha, <laughs> good point, Cammy. What? Another good point. You know the website Anchor. It's a fantastic website for podcasters. It makes it easy to upload all your episodes. They give out sponsorships to just about anybody, so if you're just starting out, it's a great place to go. Even us? Especially us. Now back to the movie. What does that have to do with my recipe for beef stroganoff? So, we've got, you know, David chilling at Alex's apartment, 
hanging out while she's at work. He's not hungry. He, yeah. And um, so later on, later on in the night, he, or no, I'm sorry. No, I'm right. So, so Jack visits him again, right? While Alex is in the other room. And so David's talking right. to him and Jack's, he's a little more um, decomposed. He's all like greenish now and it's gross. Um, he's like, you got to kill yourself. He's, you got, you got to kill yourself, man. Come on. Better do it now. All the cool kids are doing it. Yeah. Clock is oh, ticking, you... my friend. Okay. You've seen me now. Go away. I'm sorry I'm upsetting you, David, but you don't understand what's going on. I understand, all right. You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. Yes, that's right. Get out of here, Jack. Tomorrow night's the full moon. You're going to change. You'll become... I know. I know. A monster. You've got to kill yourself, David. Before it's too late. Are you really dead, Jack? What do you think? I think I've lost my mind. I think you're not real. I think you're just another part of a bad dream. You've got to believe me, David. Believe what? That tomorrow night, beneath the full moon, I'll sprout hair and fangs and eat people? Bullshit! Oh, God damn it, David, please believe me. You'll kill and make others like me. I'm not having a nice time here. You've got to take your own life. I will not accept this. Go away. So, yeah, later on that night, we get the single greatest werewolf transformation scene in the history of cinema. Oh, it's incredible. Agreed. Um... The whole scene itself is about two minutes long. Um, Should be longer. Every Yeah, everything in that scene is just so beautifully done. Um, I know that David Naughton had to sit and get, like, his face cast in, like, at least five different expressions so that they could, like, fuck with um makeup and and adding prosthetics to him very slowly for that um a lot of a lot of it was filmed with like a a dummy body but with David Naughton's um head through a hole in the floor um huh. so that they could make him look a little more wolf-like without you know putting prosthetics on him just having like a a fake body um so we've got the there's a take where we see his like spine sort of like popping up through like his skin. Um, when he looks at his, when he looks at his hand and it starts like extending. Oh, it's oh, really, God. really, really cool. Oh. oh my God. Um, and then I think the piece de resistance of this entire thing is the shot where we see his face extend out. Oh yeah. He grows a snoot. Um, which is so fucking cool. So, 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 so cool. And, uh, that took months for Rick Baker to conceptualize and eventually make. Um, but they only shot that sequence for like seven seconds. 
And so <laughs> he was really upset about it. He was like super pissed because he was like, oh my God, I worked so hard on this and that's all you're going to shoot. That's all you needed. Um, but then whenever they were doing, um, you know, screenings, early screenings of it, people were just so amazed by that specific, you know, effect that it was worth it. That uh, if on a on a cold October Sunday, if you were to watch this film, and it's windy out, you can hear rustling through the wind. Uh, some say that David or that uh, that Philip Philip Rick Baker is still saying <laughs> "fuck you, John Landis." <laughs> Fuck you, John Landis. Yeah. I'm fucking um, pissed. Uh, he's not dead, but he's, you know. But he's in the wind. Yeah. He's in the wind. That's um, a whole other can of worms. Originally, uh, Rick Baker wanted... So so here's, here's the story. I love a lovely lady. So we've got <laughs> uh, Rick Baker... And John Landis, in like the early 70s or mid 70s, were uh, uh, they they Rick Baker kind of promised John Landis that if he were to make a werewolf movie, he would do the effects for it. And John Landis was like, cool, like as soon as I have the money for this movie, I'm going to do it. And I really want you to do the effects. And Rick's like, cool, I'll do it. So like eight years go by and Rick Baker's like, you know, this probably isn't happening, whatever. He gets hired to do the makeup effects for The Howling, <gasps> uh, which which yes. came out. It, it either came out in 81 or um, the year after. I'm not quite sure, but they came out very, very close to one another. Um, so, like, the minute that Rick Baker got hired for The Howling, John Landis calls him. He's like, hey, we have the money now. And he's like, oh, I'm doing The Howling. And John Landis was like, what the fuck, man? You said you would do my werewolf movie. And Rick Baker was like, you know what? You're right. Okay. And so Rick Baker left The Howling um, to do An American Werewolf in London. But um, for The Howling, they got Rob Botton to do the uh, special effects. And who, who has also become a special effects legend himself. He did uh, this, the special effects for The Thing. Which, John Carpenter's the thing. Which, yeah, so he's he is quite talented as well. And the werewolves in the Howling are really, really cool. They're just completely different. So the original idea for the werewolves in this movie in a little bit blah 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 in an American Werewolf in London, um, Rick Baker was thinking that they could be like bipedal, like they walk on two legs. They're sort of still mannish. You know, but uh, I guess John Landis's vision was dog. Like he wanted it to look like some sort of like hellhound as opposed to like a wolf man, you know? Okay. Oh my. Um, I think that the final result was amazing. 
uh, I wouldn't change. Uh-huh. I wouldn't change a thing. I think this movie would be. It would have been like maybe a little too cheesy, um, and silly if they weren't able to pull off a like Wolfman makeup. You know what I mean? Um, as opposed to just having the like full wolf dog creature. Um, right. But yeah, it's still terrifying. That dog, the the werewolf in this movie is scary, especially since like every time you see its face, it's like snarling. Um, and I guess Rick Baker did that on purpose because he was like, I don't know how much screen time this thing is going to get. Probably not a whole lot. So we want the face to be really intense every time you see it. Um, and it works because it's, I, I, I think that it's pretty scary. Definitely. Um, oh yeah. This thing's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. So lifelike too. Yes. Um, he based the look of the, um, werewolf on his dog. If you Google, um, Rick Baker's dog Bosco, <laughs> uh, you can see a picture of the dog that he based like the body of the werewolf on. And it's like this gorgeous dog, big fluffy puppy. Oh, so cute. Um, so yeah. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So th- there's a little history behind the, the werewolf makeup. Um, in this movie, I'll, I'll get into it a little more as we go on, but I feel like we should, we should move on plot wise. <laughs> uh, before we do that. So a theme for this month of werewolves, um, possibly only in one movie is that werewolfism is a metaphor for puberty, right? Typically. Yes. All right. And so I want to say, I think this movie is going to display that most accurately because as a man who has gone through puberty, I remember it happening exactly like in the movie. I'm sitting down one night reading a book and suddenly I'm screaming. I'm growing hair and <laughs> I grow six inches in 20 minutes. And it was just, it happened like a flash. Suddenly I was oh my God. hard as a rock. Uh, my erection was unstoppable. I poked holes in the ceiling. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. My nipples could cut glass. All six of them. Wow. Boy puberty is weird. Uh, <gasps> uh, it's, it's a mom. That's like that episode of Seinfeld where Jerry uh, Jerry starts shaving his chest. <laughs> okay, so um, we see sequences of David killing various people. We've got the couple who are about to attend a dinner party and uh, the three uh, homeless men who... Who I, who I believe are all in a, uh, a group relationship. Uh, yeah, it's, it's more fun to think of it that way, right? They love... They make love on that trash pile. <laughs> their dog got away when it could. Uh, yeah, smart. And they're Nazi sympathizers. <laughs> I saw the um, armband. I believe it. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, we've got a super fun scene where he uh, kills a guy um, in the tube. The English subway, if you will. Don't um, ever call it the tube. It is a subway. <laughs> this is America, the damn tube. it. They're called. Um, That's what the lady he was staying with called her, you know. <laughs> ah, yes, her eye area. Sockets. Oh, yeah, area. Anyway, so me tubes. Um, I think the the shot where you see uh, where the guy is like he falls down on the escalator and he looks down and you oh. can see the wolf like walk over and it's like that was super good. scary. I wish that had been a longer visual. The following morning, he wakes up in the wolf cage at the zoo, completely naked. Which, frankly... And that's really... I find this a little bit racist. Not all wolves are friends. They don't all know each other. I don't think they would have let him in their (laughs) cage. Oh, no. That is a questionable move. 
And uh, no, I mean, it makes sense that John Landis did this because he's an insensitive piece of shit. Do you think that, I, I, guess, I guess it would make sense for there to be some sort of camaraderie between the wolves, but I find it interesting that David didn't kill any of them. Does he only kill people? Were there more wolves and he killed some yeah. of them and we just didn't see that? Was it a pack of five? Like, and I'm surprised two? that the wolves accepted him. some sort of wolf handshake? Too, you know? So, but it's, regardless, it's like fun, you know? But, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, we've got David running around the zoo trying Very to quaint. make sure that nobody sees him naked, that he steals that little kid's balloons. Doing everything he can to appear to be a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, really. Little boy. And I'm running around the zoo. <laughs> Naked as shit. He steals that woman's coat. Little boy, come over here. I'm, I'll pound you. I'll pound you twice. If you come over here, I'll give you a pound. Two pounds. I don't know who you are. I'm uh, the famous balloon thief. Why would a thief want to give me two pounds? Here, I'll explain it to you. Thank you. Yes, sir? A naked American man stole my balloon. I'll give you two pounds. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, disgusting. Uh, well, that it builds character. I I don't. I think there's better ways to build character. I'm not a doctor. I can't say for sure, but. <laughs> well. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the end. I can't. Um. Yeah. So we've got him trying to get back to Alex's place. He stole that woman's coat. So all he's wearing is a fancy red coat. I love whenever he's we get like the um the pan of like people's legs waiting in line for the bus and then it gets to him and he's just no shoes, no pants, nothing. And it pans up and he looks over at the guy who's staring at him and he goes, a lot of weather we're having lately, huh? I just thought that was so funny. It was, um, yeah. A lot of weather. So he goes back to Alex's She's like, whoa, you're crazy. He's like, yeah, I feel great. And then she tries to get him to the hospital because it's obvious that there's some sort of fugue state happening uh, for him. I woke up in a wolf den. What the fuck? Yeah, really. That was essentially the, the scene. Yeah, you, you described it a lot better than I just did. Why didn't you call me? Where was he? He doesn't remember. He woke up at the uh, zoo. The zoo? Is he rational? Yes, he is. He's very excited and confused, but uh, he's not crazy, if that's what you mean. Have you read the papers today? We listen to the radio or the television. No, why? Is David behaving strangely? Uh, uh, no, he's, uh, he's not really. Uh, he's rather enthusiastic. Now, could you get here without any trouble? Yes, I should think so. I want you to bring David here straight away. I want him in my care. I'll notify the police that we found him, but it's imperative. You bring him straight to the hospital. You understand? Yes, Doctor. Now, you're certain he's lucid. You won't need any help. No, he's fine. Um, we'll come right over. Um, so, but as soon as he hears about the murders, he's like, oh, fuck, that was me. Oh, man. 
Oh, I messed up good. The ghosts, the spirits you know were I mean? right. Oh, jeez, Rick. <laughs> oh, I can't go. I think I, uh, I think I, oh, uh, I th- oh, man. was going around. Oh, <laughs> uh, all hairy and stuff. And, uh, 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 I fucking killed everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, he tries to get arrested so that he doesn't do it again. It does not work. Etc. Etc. Yeah. Why didn't he just punch the cop? I don't know. Why didn't he just diddle the cop? The cop would have liked it. I don't know if it. he really wanted to hurt anybody. I think it's about time policemen get diddled. Excellent. No. No. <laughs> yep. They deserve it. There's such a thing as an overcorrection. <laughs> Ladies and germs, everyone listening to this show, go out there and diddle a cop. But it's got to be the same sex as you. I don't want to touch a or cop. Or if you're non-binary, try to find a non-binary cop. No, thank you. You don't want to touch a what? A cop. Oh. A police officer? Never mind. I thought you said something. <laughs> Did you think I said cock? <laughs> Whoopsies. Anywho. Um, so David runs away. Alex is like, oh no, I can't find him. And she goes to um, the hospital to talk to the doctor. Right. And uh, yeah, so. The doctor hasn't been at the hospital uh, the entire he... movie though, right? No, yeah, the the doctor does make a pit stop at the tiny little town in which David was turned into a werewolf. North He's Lamentire. like, hmm, super suspicious. Um, he doesn't really get a whole hmm. lot of information out of the townspeople until the one guy. So that kid's in danger. You better, you better do something about that. That boy's in danger. What a mistake to let him leave here. There's something wrong with this place. Not much I understand. It's the one who lived. He's the one who's in danger, and not just him. Others will be too. It's almost full moon. He'll change. He'll... That's enough! That's Kids in danger. Shoot him in the head before it gets worse. You better shoot him, otherwise he's gonna stay out of my pet <laughs> cemetery, don't you know? Sometimes wolf is better. <laughs> ah, ooh. Ah, indeed. And this um, w- now get out of here. I got a five o'clock with Shakira. Uh, this what? Whole- She's a she wolf. Oh, I, I get, get it. it. I don't really get it. Ah, this ooh. whole cover up was a weird experience because I mean I feel like normally it's frame a wolf to save a man and yet all the evidence is saying that they're framing a man to save a wolf and no one really mm-hmm. questions that or brings it up much the way it doesn't add up and the how backwards it is david uh runs into a porno theater and this sequence is super super funny um it's one of my favorites in the entire movie the end of this movie like the climax of this movie is really good um so We've got David walking into the porno theater, sits down right next to Jack, who is now mostly skeleton. Um, so this, it, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty obviously a puppet, um, but it's super cool looking regardless. I want you to meet some people. David Kessler, this is Gerald Bringsley. Gerald's the man you murdered on the subway. We thought it best for you not to see him, as he's a fresh kill and still pretty messy. Yes. I do look most unpleasant. 
Why are you doing this to me? This isn't Mr. Goodman's idea. He's your good friend. Whereas I am a victim of your carnivorous lunar activities. Mr. Brinsley, I'm sorry. I have absolutely no idea what to say to you. You've left my wife a widow and my children fatherless. And I understand I am to walk the earth in limbo, one of the living dead, until the wolf's bloodline is severed and the curse lifted. You must die, David Kessler. Um, he gets to meet all the people that he killed the previous night, um, who are all suggesting different ways for him to kill himself so that they can move on. Um, I love the like joyful way that that one couple is telling him to you know kill himself. Yeah, they're enjoy they're enjoying pills. The, a gun. Oh, it's, very, it's a very positive experience for them. So it brought funny. us closer together. Yeah. Now we can't cheat on me. David, this is Harry Berman and his fiancee Judith Browns. Hello. Hello. And these gentlemen are Alf, Ted, and Joseph. Can't say we're pleased to meet you, Mr. Kessler. What shall I do? Suicide. You must take your own life. That's easy for you to say you're, you're already dead. No, David. Harry and I and everyone you murder are not dead. The undead. Why are you doing this to me? Because this must be stopped. How shall I do it? Sleeping pills. Not sure enough. I could hang myself. No. No, if you did it wrong, it could be painful. You'd choke to death. So what? Let him choke. Do you mind? The man's a friend of mine. Well, he ain't no friend to me. Gentlemen, please. The gun! I know where you can get a gun. Don't I need a silver bullet or something? Oh, be serious, would you? Madness. No, a gun would be good. Yes, you just put the gun to your forehead and pull the trigger. But if you put it in your mouth, you'd be sure not to miss. Thank you. You're all so thoughtful. A knife. An electric shock. A car crash. You could throw yourself in front of a tube. Drowning. I do also want to say that porno that's playing, that was one of the... One of the if this is supposed to be a dark or horror comedy, I did laugh at the porno the most. Just the guy walking in. It's like, you promised oh, yeah. never to do this again. It's like, I never promised you that. I'm talking to her. I don't know you. I'm sorry. And then he walks away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Wrong room. Oh, my fucking guy. What? <laughs> John Landis must have directed that one. <laughs> oh my god, that was yeah, so good. I thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah. So the the name of this <laughs> this uh, porn film that they are watching is "See You Next Wednesday," uh, which is <laughs> it's, it, that's uh, "See You Next Wednesday" shows up in a bunch of different John Landis movies, like Animal House and uh, I think Blues Brothers. There's like posters for it. Um, it's like a little trademark, wow. and the name of the the horror movie that uh, Michael Jackson is taking his girlfriend to see in uh, Thriller is also called See You Next Wednesday. Um, and I didn't put two and two together until oh like my. yesterday when I was watching the movie. I'm like, oh yeah, that's where it's from. I totally forgot. So yeah, I thought that was interesting. But we've got. Um, David, Jack, talking. Jack's like, you gotta do it. You gotta fucking kill yourself, man. You you need to do it. Otherwise, you're gonna kill more people. Um, but it's kind of too late. Yeah, and he doesn't, the moon's out. He does not have a good grasp of what time it is. 
No, he does not. Unless that porno was really long and that conversation ran too long as well. The porno um, was long when the conversation so... was hard. <laughs> See you next Wednesday, part five, Thursday. <laughs> Oof. So, anywho. Yes. Uh, David subsequently turns into a werewolf in the theater and attacks some of the patrons, attacks the manager. Um... They didn't tell any of the people who were, like, extras standing around um, that there would be a werewolf coming out of the lobby of the theater. So the people who were (laughs) crowded around were actually genuinely terrified whenever they, whenever that happened. Um, And I thought that reaction was pretty funny, in my opinion, especially now knowing that it was genuine. Um, but the fucking, the chaos that ensues after everybody's freaking out about Werewolf David is insanity. You've got like a 20 car pile up. You've got that guy, he rips that guy's head off and his head goes flying. Um, there's a guy who like just crashes through, um, the, the window of a store um, people, oh. yeah, are being run over by cars. It is They're gruesome. hitting each other. It's madness. Go away. Please. Go away. Please. Run. Madness, pandemonium, if you will. So, um, yeah, and uh, so the shots where we see David, like, running or, like, walking through Piccadilly Circus as a wolf, um, there's a person in, in, in a, it's a person in a costume. Um, I assumed so, yes. But... But they're on their, they're like being wheelbarrowed around. And that's why we can't see like the back half of him a lot. Because they were trying so hard to figure out like how to, how to do it. And Rick Baker came up with the wheelbarrow method. And like that was, that was the easiest way to do it. And the best way to, because they were going to have like a dog in a costume. And they were like, eh, that's, that's going to look stupid. So... They should have gotten a bear. Uh, this with idea a mask. is much better. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, blah, 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 blah. where are we? So, yeah, David's running around, killing people, biting people, left and right. Hopefully, not turning anybody into a werewolf. I say, like, once he's out of the theater, I don't think he does much. I think just the pandemonium is the kills everybody. Yeah, just walks. Yeah, walks he's just it. kind of running around and being mm-hmm. an angry wolf. So he gets uh, he gets to the end of a, a dead end, like an alley, right? Alex shows up. She's like, David. Uh. David. 
They're going to kill you. David. Please. Please let me help you. I love you, David. I love you. And she, yeah, she walks up to him and she's like, I love you, David. And uh, he's about to jump on her and the cops shoot him from an impressively far distance, I might add. Um, <laughs> they could have very easily shot Alex and they didn't. So good for them. Um, Thank you, officers. Yeah. Uh, so we've got... Jump on it! <laughs> Alex crying... And we see David once again as a man now that he's dead. Um, and the most jarring jump to credits I've ever seen in a movie in my life, I think. Um, whenever the credits start rolling and we've got like this super peppy version of Blue Moon playing. Um, Ooh. Which I think is genius because it's so it's it really is very jarring. It's very like, wait, what the fuck did I what? What just happened to me? What do you mean? Um, what do you mean? Huh? It's over? <laughs> I felt the same way. A post credit scene um, at the Fury. end of the lighthouse. Did you guys see the lighthouse? <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, it's it's very very similar. The la- the final shot of the lighthouse is sort of similar to this movie in that we've got spoiler alert a man sprawled out late. What? Oh, no, I'm taking my headphones out. I don't want to be spoiled. Shout oh, my name okay. when you're ready for me to return. Got a... Oh, my God. Okay, we've got a man lying there, sprawled out, naked, and then all of a sudden it cuts to the credits, and a like pretty peppy tune starts playing in, in the lighthouse's case. It's, um... A pirate's uh, life for me! Yalla Girls, Doodle Let Me Go, um, which is fa- uh, amazing. I love when movies do that, but this one takes the cake. Um, so, yeah, we've got our final final version of Blue Moon that we're hearing. We've got... Mm, um, hi, Kyle. Thanks for coming Ky- back. I'm Kyle, if you... I can still do you have a... Have you got... Oh, my God. Uh, you're pure. You're pure lily white taint. Um, do you have Amazon Prime? I've I've seen it on there. Like I just haven't gotten around to watching it yet. Oh yeah, and I know I should. Well, um, but every night I don't. Rob Pattinson turns into Batman at the end. <laughs> it's a prequel for Bat <laughs> for the Batman. Spoiler. Yar, get me off this island, Robin. <laughs> so we've got two fun things at the end credit of the credits of this movie. Um, to make up for the fact that um. In the film, David says some not-so-savory things about the royal family when he's trying to get arrested. Um, in the end credits, toward the end, there's a little paragraph that says, Lycanthrope Films Limited wishes to extend its heartfelt congratulations to Lady Diana Spencer and His Royal Highness the Prince of Wales on the occasion of their marriage, July 29th, 1981. Um, I, I think they just wanted to be in, in good graces with the... Um, with the graces. The royal family. <laughs> after after England after England let them film there. Um and you know, 
just sort of let them shoot in, in Piccadilly Circus, which was kind of unheard of um, for a while because mm-hmm. there was some sort of fiasco filming something there before and they didn't want to do it again, but they let them do it. So, And then uh, after that, There's another little paragraph that comes up that says, All characters and events in this film are fictitious. Any similarity to any actual events or persons, living, dead, or undead, is purely (laughs) coincidental. Um, And then the movie ends. And I'm sad and I want to watch it over again. This is definitely like top ten for me. Wow. Top ten horror films. It's pretty solid. Um, Definitely, yeah. Big it's fan. probably like in my eleven through twenty. Okay. I don't cool. think it quite breaks That's my still top very ten. High up. But yeah, it's 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 uh, the Rick Rick Baker's contributions to this film alone is just you know that's it's it's hard yeah. not to see. It, it's hard not to appreciate that, and it's hard not to give that any kind of praise. But it's just like you know, it's just that. God damn, John Landis! <laughs> I know. <laughs> Fucking hate. I know. Like I'm sitting on uh, my lawn in my robe, and I'm just smacking my paper on my on my hand, and I'm like, "Fucking John Landis!" And just like, <laughs> God, I should send him a strongly worded letter, like, "Fuck you and your fucking beard." Yeah, do it. You Republican bitch. Oh <gasps> yeah, you should do that. I will. <laughs> I could get extremer. I'll send him, I'll fill that letter full of glitter so when he opens it up, he'll get all over his pants. Yeah, that'll show him. Yeah. Oh my, oh my god. You're you're basically a monster at this point. Yeah. There's no redeeming He's you. Be- oh god, I just want to, oh, I'd like to, oh, oh I, I, I hope he has plants. If I ever found out where he lives, I'd trample them. <laughs> oh dear. Landis! <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> All right, okay, we got it. Right, John any Landis final sucks on the movie from anybody. He totally does. Four out of um, five werewolves. I, I I give this one five out of five werewolves. Oh, I'll say four out of five Ow. werewolves. Ow. Um, but I'll give it one out of five Shakiras. <laughs> after this movie um so david naughton who plays our main character david in this movie um mm-hmm. was semi-famous for being in the i'm a pepper commercials for dr pepper um in <laughs> the late 70s um he was let go from his contract with dr pepper for doing nude scenes in this movie um he was let go they really thought he was a wolf man they were scared he was let he was let go um, after this movie, which I think is a cry and shame because the, the, the commercials are actually very cute. Um, there, some of them are on YouTube and I, I watched them and I'm like, oh, look, it's David, the werewolf singing about Dr. Dr. Pepper. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So cute. Um, maybe, maybe we should go out with one of the Dr. Pepper, I'm a pepper jingles. <laughs> The best part we can go out with whatever you want to go out with is pepper in my cup. <laughs> Dr. Pepper. Oh, I love this movie. Hell yeah. And I love you guys. Oh, so, oh shit. I'm blushing over here. My, my, my I was werewolf. talking to the listeners. Oh, sorry. 
Ouch, Kenny. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did when you guys were talking uh, earlier about that scene where he's where he goes where he turn goes full wolf in the porno theater. I had a great idea. Uh-huh. Like, what if like that could be like the beginning of a movie where it's like a guy does it's like a political drama where like a guy doesn't know yeah. he's a werewolf. But then he's like, uh-huh. but he's a piece of shit. And he like goes to a porno theater because that's like his thing. And uh, uh-huh. he's about ready to spill the spill the beans, so to speak. And then he turns into a werewolf. So it's like this werewolf <laughs> with a massive erection is just like killing everybody. And then and that it's can't a political be what... drama. Uh, yeah, it, it gets there because he's also the prime do... minister. Yes, you got to deal with all that. You got to you got to <laughs> deal with the cleanup crew, and it's like, oh my god, he's the prime minister's brother-in-law, Murray. <laughs> he loves Murray. the pictures, the dirty pictures. Oh boy! You know what? I love that idea. You should pitch it to John Landis. Pitch I got John CBS Landis. on the other line as soon as I get off with you guys. <laughs> I got an idea. It could be on CBS All Access. Werewolf erection in <laughs> England. <laughs> Call it werewolf election, but then then when the name shows on the screen, you have a lightning flash, and it, the L turns into an R, and it becomes yes. Erection. Yeah. Oh, Kyle, <laughs> this thing is writing itself here. Uh, this could take, this could work. taking to a taking to water as if it were a, indeed a duck. Quack quack. You sound like Stan Lee. True believers. <laughs> my dick is long and my heart is dead. I'm six oh, feet no. under. He's he is dead, isn't he? Oh yeah. Sick Dan, Stan so Lee apparently guys... had a apparently had a six foot cock. Wow. That's what I heard. No, it was a six foot dock. His physicians were rather tall. Oh. <laughs> All right. I think we should start wrapping um, this up. I think so, too. But before we go, do you guys think that this movie could um, just be a metaphor for um, David's PTSD from seeing Jack die? Definitely. And that's mm. that's what the doctor is saying the entire movie is that it's not literally a werewolf. It's a psychosis where he thinks like, do you he think? Is. Yeah. Like, do you think we're only seeing him as a werewolf because that's what he thinks he is? And he and He's actually just going into these like fugue states where he's not remembering what he's doing. I could totally see that because that that's that's I mean when it's a when fan it, theory that I read. That's interesting because I never like when I never that's something like that really hasn't come to mind. But when you put it out in the open like that, it's just like oh you know he's you got your like best friend yeah. more or less, and you feel responsible for their death, and you're in the new. It's it's like. It's almost like a dream almost. You're in a different place that you're not really familiar with. You're kind of doing uh, you kind of it's everything's at a lull at this point because your friend is passed and you're just trying to kind of pick up the pieces and you're forming a new mm-hmm. relationship. It just yeah, oh totally. It's like the the human mind is a crazy fucking uh pudding yeah. pile. So, you know, it's uh, <laughs> I uh, sugar free for me, please. I think, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. That's fucking nuts. Another thing, yeah. Like I, I really, I really don't think that they intended for that this movie to be that deep. Um, it's too I think smart it's for just John like, Landis. It's, exactly. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, um, but I, yeah, I, I, I think that 
it's it's a really good theory and the basis for like why nobody believes David. They just think that he's like going a little crazy because of everything that's happened. But mm-hmm. yeah, it One would more thing explain a lot to think about. With that What's is up? the newspapers when they are talking about the murders. I mean, they're referred to as murders. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a man who did it, not a wild animal who mm-hmm. tore these people up, which is what a mm-hmm. werewolf attack would look like. So in theory, yes. it he is actually doing this and not a wolf because a wolf would, they'd be looking for a wolf if he did it as a wolf. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good point too. I didn't even think about that. I'm wow. a genius. I'm going to call Rick Baker and ask him if he well, wants my help. <laughs> Rick Baker's retired. I can help so him get out of get retirement. It, could be get him consultant. out of retirement, Kyle. Like, just be like, hey, Rick, how about we do this thing? One last time, and then but but the <laughs> the thing you got working in your favor is he's got cataracts. So if you dress up like Stan Lee, he, he might wouldn't he know might the difference. He won't know the difference. Perfect. You just gotta say true believer in Excelsior a lot in his I, presence. <laughs> Excelsior believer, I'm a true believer, and then he shoots me. <laughs> Baby, baby, All right. baby. All right. Jared, where can we find you? My friends. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Hi, can... yes. <laughs> you can you can find me on uh, social media, on Instagram, at Magic Ghost Baby. You can find me on Twitter, at Crambly. You can find us as a network at Spooky Time Network on both Instagram and Facebook. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that as well, at Spooky Time Net. Um, Kaylee's not here. She's our producer. You can find her on all huh. sorts of social media at your girl Jen. Um, Kyle, where can we find you? Uh, find me only on the Instagram. Old man yells at clouds. Actually, you can also find me on Twitter. Okay. I've been tweeting a little bit uh, at Fievel Goes West. All one word. There's an A where you don't expect it to be. It's a mystery A. <laughs> and if you want to mystery donate a. forty-seven dollars to our Patreon. I will schedule a meeting with Rick Baker and convince him to do one last job with me, and it will work. One last job. I love it. Jay Wolf, where can we find you? Oh, you can find me on the Instagram at daddy underscore Dangerfield. I'm the daddy who gets no respect because my kids are fucking out of control. Oh, yeah. Whose fault is that? Well, you know, it's the system, it's the diet soda, it's the Mountain Dew for sure, and the TV, the fucking MTV. Oh my gosh. But yeah, find me on Instagram there, uh, shoot me a line, send me a message, give me a follow, I'll follow you on right back. If you're interested in finding out a little bit more about the Spooky Time Network gang and the shows that we have in the quote-unquote Spooky Tube, a.k.a. that lady from this movie's vagina, I mean, just kidding. Oh, my God. Patreon.com slash Spooky Time Podcast. There you can find a bunch of rewatches, some original content there, some bonus shows, all starting at the $5 level. It's a fun fucking show place. It's a fun fucking place to go. Oh. It's a good place to be. Yes. And uh, please, if you can, if you will, if you must, which I ask that you do, give us a like. A rating, a subscription, uh, drop us a line on Apple Podcasts. You know, all those ratings totally. help. We would totally appreciate that. That would make my fucking day because this bargain basement last podcast on the left can't get do it without you. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> can't do it. Uh...
That's well, all I have to say. Yep. We'll see you next week, folks. And now a word from Beware our sponsors at Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I drink Dr. Pepper and I'm proud. I'm part of an original crowd. And if you look around these days, there seems to be a Dr. Pepper craze. I'm a pepper, he's a pepper, she's a pepper, we're a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too?